honored really that you would want to be interviewed and um, yeah maybe we could just start if you could just want to give a brief kind of background as to what you're going through right now <clears throat> yeah <laughs> <clears throat> It hurts so much to cough and sneeze. Oh, but sometimes it helps to hug a pillow, I think. I'll hug a pillow. With the pressure. Yeah, so it's, it's almost like, um, in a sense, like two lives after the tumor diagnosis and then before. Um, so do you want me to just, where do you want me to start? I started to try to just write a timeline as to what's happened, you know, like your flight from Hawaii to New York when you had the worst headache of your life, from what I read on your website. Okay, yeah, that's a good place to start. So I was living in Hawaii on the Big Island with a shamanic community. And uh, I was there for almost a year, but I'd been studying with the shaman for, I don't know, like four or five years before then in Maui. And it changed every aspect of my life. And I traveled the world studying belly dance on my own in India, music, uh, meditation. Got dengue fever twice in India while by myself and nearly died twice from that. And that actually could have led to the cancer in the first place. But um, my intuition told me to go back to New York after I was in India and save up as much money as I could so this way I could see the shaman again and do retreats with him and um, just like, study with him because it was so important for me in my heart. So I did that on the big island uh, for almost a year. And then one day while working on the farm on the community, my intuition told me that I need to go back to New York and save up. Like, I felt awesome studying with the shaman and serving supporting his mission and the retreats and everything, but it felt like <clears throat> I wanted to have more income and also have my own purpose in addition to supporting the shaman's uh, offering to the world. So I decided to fly back to New York in October, 2019. And on the flight, I had the worst headache of my life and it was actually a minor stroke. Uh, and the next day, the left side of my body was slightly paralyzed. So I went to the ER and in the ER in October, 2019, they discovered a huge tumor. It was almost like, I think it was almost one third the width of the brain. It was huge, very big. I was very lucky that it didn't, uh, it, well, I was lucky for many reasons. If I had the stroke in Hawaii, I wouldn't have ac had access to as good of neurosurgeons as New York. Um, so I, I feel like everything happened perfectly, but that was the beginning of the, the year-long journey of uh, the brain surgery. And um, after that, I wanted to do everything holistic that I could, but having stage four brain cancer is such a new experience for me. So I decided to do eight weeks of radiation and chemo um, just I thought that would be the safest route to make sure those cancer cells are killed. Even if it kills other cells in the body, I figured I could rebuild. So that was from uh, like November to November, 2019 to uh, the end of January, I think 2020, uh, the radiation and chemo. So that was quite the experience, very painful. Um, but then I started to have grand mal seizures because the radiation created so much inflammation in the brain and so much stress on the body. Um, and I never had seizures my whole life. So I had started to have seizures. And the only thing that would help prevent the seizures for a few weeks was putting my head under freezing cold water, even though I was taking the seizure medication. Um, so one day I bumped the back of my head on the faucet in the bathtub. And I didn't realize how bad it was. I just thought it was a little bump, but it turns out that it, it, like, it was a cut that stayed open and didn't heal. And I think that's how the infection formed in like January, 2020. So um, see with the seizures, 
brain surgery affects the brain. So then it's harder to regulate the heat and the cold and let alone speaking loudly or that, that's why I have to have my eyes closed now because it hurts so much to look at artificial light. But it's interesting, I could look at sunrise and sunset and that feels very healing for the brain. Um, so it's been a learning experience. So the, the seizures, um, if I got too hot, I would have these really painful, dangerous seizures. So I was putting my head under freezing cold water and that helped. But like I said, one day I bumped my head and an infection formed. So in February, 2020, I had another head surgery to open up the head, clean out the head infection and then uh, heal after that. Um, am I sharing too much here? No, I think it's important. Like we're coming up to the point where you had the infection and you're now in the hospital with your um, surgery for that infection. Yeah, because in in the surgery where they cleaned out the head infection, they didn't take out the plate from brain surgery. I guess they thought they could just clean the infection and they didn't need to take out the plate, but the infection came back uh, maybe like April 2000, or no, June, April or May 2020, the infection came back. So it's, uh, it's September 2020. So since April... 2020 every day there's been increasing pain in the head it's like a buzzing electric shock every day it's been worse and worse so two weeks ago i decided like it's getting so bad that it feels like it's in the skull it could go to the brain so i went to the emergency room and it was very clear that surgery was the only way to fully clear out the infection and so, yeah, that's why I'm in the hospital now, because two weeks ago I had surgery to take out the infected plate, clean out the head infection. They had to literally cut out parts of the bone in my skull that were infected. So uh, brace yourself for something a little bit graphic, but I'm going to show you what my head looks like. Okay. My, head's, my eyes are closed, so I don't know what you could see, but that, that should be a curve with skull. Uh cut it out. Maybe if you could turn a little bit more, if you're comfortable to do so. Yeah, now we can see it. Wow. Yep. So, so that's, my abdomen is on my head, basically. They cut yeah. out abdominal tissue that was healthy and grafted it onto the head and stapled it on. And it's so strange for me, but all the doctors keep on saying, yeah, it looks great. It's doing awesome. You're healing perfectly. So it's definitely a practice and just being present and having faith. And uh, so I'm on intravenous antibiotics to clear the infection fully. And then maybe in a month or a month and a half, I'll have another head surgery to put in a new plate in the head. And I think they're gonna 3D print skull to replace the skull that they took out. So yeah, that's kind of like the medical timeline. It's always the point like when I tell people about um, you know, just been, I've only known for about a week now, but when I've told other friends and family members what you've been going through, and I get to the point where I mentioned that you had an apartment fire in the midst of all of this and lost all of your belongings, that's when they can't even hold back, like they either gasp or they're just, like, it's just too ridiculous. Like, how does this all happen to one person and um, w one lifetime or one short period of time? And you said that you feel in a way like it's all perfect so i would like to hear i feel like it must be too because of just like the odds but i don't want to make meaning for you i want to hear from you what do you mean by that mm. well different things i mean one for many years I, I would work with different coaches and healers and i had it like a deep feeling in my soul that uh, it's hard to describe like it felt like i wasn't truly living even close to my highest purpose. And it felt like, in a sense, it felt like I wasn't even really alive. So for many years, I wanted to create a new life. And uh, so while living in Hawaii, there was a lot of integration and I never felt more myself, never felt happier, never felt more like in alignment with my path. Um, but when the cancer diagnosis happened, I felt 
it felt like the most amazing opportunity to have a real death rebirth that I've been wanting, almost like an excuse. I know that can sound a little strange, but it was like, I don't know, it just felt like I didn't consciously plan it, but it just felt perfect to really like um, create a new life. Mm. And uh, I don't want to go through that. There's been so much pain this past year and challenges and near death many times and in the ER and hospitals, often by myself a lot and lots of challenges, even for a few weeks, literally being homeless while trying to heal the head infection, which in a sense was more dangerous than the brain cancer while keeping seizures at bay. Um, but forget what my point is, but yeah, I feel like I know it could be easy to say, it could seem like bypassing to say, oh, everything's perfect. It's all part of God's plan. But from the first, very first moment, that's exactly how it felt. It, there's still been extreme pain. There's still extreme pain right now, all the time, regardless of the painkillers. But I don't know, it's just, it's hard to describe. I've experienced so many miracles this past year that, um, I don't know, it just, it just everything feels, um, like I, I truly feel happy and I feel like everything's happening as it should. Uh, if that answers yeah. your question. It does, it makes, it makes sense to me personally too. And I was just thinking about a time that I posted an article about dealing with grief and illness and death and even common responses that people might have to it. And I have this line in it, and I said common responses that might be hurtful and what might be helpful um, beyond that. And this one line I said, illness, grief, and dying might not be inherently negative. They might have a meaning beyond what we can, what we might be able to comprehend as we're in the midst of them. Because I'm really referring to sometimes people saying that like, oh, thoughts become things. You might've had this fear and you might've brought this on yourself. And I personally think that there's like a lot of, um, judgment in that and I think we're here to make our own meaning of things and anyways I mentioned that line because it was deleted from the article by the editor and I felt like it was the most important line of of it all like to just wonder about that maybe they're not bad like you're saying that like you feel more like yourself um than you have in the past or you told me that on the phone at one point and you feel like it is perfect so um, and you're not sugarcoating the fact that it's been extremely challenging too, and you're dealing, especially the constant pain, that part, I, I don't really know how you deal with that. Um, if you could comment on both how you deal with the constant pain and how you use this as a practice and presence, um, I'd love to hear that. Well, I've built up tolerance to a lot of the painkillers right now, like morphine and uh, Dilaudid, it's called. So it's just, I don't know. Um, I guess from different practices in the past, it's helped me deal with the pain now. Um, yeah, so that's my answer to that. Different uh, practices like around presence? Yeah, I think so. Different shamanic practices, different plant medicines, different like receiving therapy. Oh, also like, for example, I had a vision of belly dancing while I was in Maui in, a, in an ayahuasca ceremony, I think maybe six years ago. And then maybe a year and a half after that, I had the opportunity to work with a client in Dubai. And while he was traveling, he said I could visit his stay at his home in India because uh, I helped him so much. So he said I could stay there as long as I want and he'll help me out with whatever I need, I'll make sure I have it there. And while in India, I remembered the vision of dancing while I was in the ceremony in Maui. So I looked up dance classes and the very first dance studio I found was Payal's Dance, or Payal's dance Academy, Payal Gupta. So it's like something out of a movie. I lived there for around nine months and trained with her after not belly dancing my whole life. <laughs> so, and while there, I got dengue fever twice, nearly died twice. But the, the reason I'm sharing that is because um, 
those experiences helped me like the training well the dengue fever mm -hmm. especially um dealing with that pain that that's even more painful than the head infection dengue fever having it twice so um that helped me deal with the pain that i'm feeling now so i'm grateful that i kind of had that training um not just physically but especially emotionally and psychologically um oh and then also I know I'm kind of jumping around, it's okay. um, but like, I don't know if this happens with other people near death or with um, cancer diagnoses or other things, but right when that happened, it's almost like a flashback of all the out of integrity actions and all the fears I had and all the times I escaped who I am. It's like all of those I remembered instantly. and it was no surprise why that would manifest in the form of a tumor like all the times i was critical of myself um all the unhealthy food choices i made so that that was in the beginning um so that kind of took some time to like forgive myself and make amends to people that i feel like i hurt or i acted out of integrity um but then it's like that that was 11 months ago so then there came a point of well okay am i gonna beat myself up or am i gonna have to suffer for the rest of my life just because of mistakes in the past um so i guess that's another thing that helps me endure the pain because um i haven't done things that are terrible but just like i don't know i f i feel like many times i ran away from my gifts and i could have shared them more so hmm, in a sense like this is the result of fear but at the same time like it's a very strange thing because i i feel truly happy now and i feel like this is the most amazing opportunity like i'm, I'm assuming and putting the energy towards the fact that i'm going to live and heal and like what a great uh experience so that i could help people and offer even more love and when i attract my soulmate and partner there'll be an amazing uh like it's an amazing training right now to prepare for my soulmate and to prepare for my community that i'm going to attract and prepare for my business offering so it's kind of like i call it the shamanic paradox experiencing many different realms at once and finding the like the beauty and the truth in all of them so kind of exhausting myself so that's um, what i what i'm experiencing but yeah again at any point let me if you want to pause or stop we can always do a part two part three um but i just want to i do want to respond to what you said because this might not be how you're feeling now you know like out of integrity or that you might have had you know some unhealthy choices in your life or not been authentic in some way and that part it does make me sad to hear and it's something i've heard from a lot of other people going through health challenges and something um i've dealt with myself with going through health challenges and i have found personally that not one set of you know lifestyle choices or um anything like our food or our mindset leads to any measure of health a 100 percent it's not like oh as long as we like eat like you always hear stories on both ends somebody who's incredibly unhealthy living into the you know to be 100 years old or somebody who's um you know makes all the right choices or is only one year old or five year old and um so i just when it comes to the, the guilt that can be associated with all of this and and the making of meaning of things like it's just something I, I like to just be more in the mystery of than coming to a con conclusion about it, about what it all like might mean. I personally am feeling less like it has to do with, we did bad things and now something bad is happening to us, um, just personally. But it sounds like you might feel differently now than you did 11 months ago, as you said. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I, I do. Um, but now it's kind of uh, just 
lots of practices every day because no matter how much integrity or strength or courage or perseverance or faith or positive attitude, there are these 3D limitations every moment that I bump up against, whether it's the pain or just the fact that I have a pick line in my arm with antibiotics going into it or the fact that I'm going to have another head surgery uh, in like a month and a half probably, um, let alone the external stuff that's happening in the world. So um, uh, yeah, that's um, yeah, and also like I, I really I feel like my experiences are going to benefit me and my friends and uh, and I feel like it can benefit a lot of people but these past 11 months there's been lots of challenges where sometimes literally I'm in so much pain the body is shaking especially recently so it's kind of at times comical it's like I feel like I have so much love to share and ways I can help people but then I have to just let go of all of it and be completely present and then kind of dust the or brush the dust off my shoulders, get back up and then do what I can in the next moment. And this has been repeating for months and months. And um, sorry, nurse was coming in. Um, so yeah, it's very interesting facing death every day. Like from the, sometimes I would forget because the head infection was so painful. There was literally pus and blood coming out of it but I thought I could heal it with other modalities. Um, but it just got too far, so I needed surgery. So, and that's even besides the stage four brain cancer. So yeah, it's just very interesting. Death could come anytime. Um, but at the same time, the dreams in my heart are still there. So it's like, how do you, how do you balance that? And so that's what I'm having to learn in real time. So I want to like you're talking about, you know, what you might offer others like now or in the future. And I sent you a message about this yesterday, but I really do feel like by being present by, I do think you're a person that very much being and owns who they are. Um, and I feel like you're, like you said, like already contributing to the world in a positive way through being present and being who you are. I mean, you've been on my mind very consistently and it's been really inspiring for me as a way to kind of keep things in perspective and know that you can feel more than, other, than ever and you can use your practices and presence and that you're able to deal with certain things that I wonder if, I just wonder at what point um, when it's also unknown, it's like, how does, how does a person deal with this? How do they endure this? And you're an example of somebody who is. Um, so I personally feel inspired by that. And do you have, like, you've been talking about death a bit, which is one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> um, I don't know if you both had any intuitive senses that you might go through something major at this point in your life, or if you had, I think certain things were probably just not supposed to know. Um, but like, or if you have any intuitive senses for like where this might be taking you, like you mentioned yesterday on the phone, like more life, death is coming soon. Um, or do you feel like it's a mystery to just be respected as a mystery on both of those? And, yeah. mm. Well, definitely feels like some sort of training that I'm going through. Like it feels, personally, I could feel when things don't feel right. Um, you know, like if I've acted out of integrity, I like it doesn't feel right. Or if I've been in an environment around people or situations that don't feel right. But everything has felt right. <laughs> Even the apartment fire, which I caused, which I'm Oh, I didn't know that. At all. Yeah. I had a hyperbaric oxygen chamber in the apartment and uh, a friend was using it with her dog and it was not smart, but like somebody was going to use it after and I wanted it to be extra clean. And so I left the oxygen on a little bit longer than normal. 
And then I was just sitting on the couch in the living room, waiting and meditating. And just like my ears were ringing because there was so much pain that day. So I forgot that the oxygen tank was still on. And I lit sage and like saged above the area and a little piece fell in the chamber. And the whole thing just like blasted into black smoke and fire. And like instantly I had to like think, am I, okay, how am I going to put this out? if I cover it with a blanket, is, is it gonna go back into the oxygen tank? Is it gonna explode? So I was trying to unplug everything as quick as I could, but the whole room kept on filling up with black smoke and fire. And then I was thinking, and all this happened really quick. I was thinking, well, how much longer should I stay before I get burnt or die? So I, I just left, called 911 immediately and knocked on all the neighbors' doors and told them what's happening and to get out. So. Yeah, that was a very um, interesting mistake. It was completely my fault, but at the same time- It might have been, but like, I wanted to cut you off really quickly. I was just like holding back laughter at the ridiculousness of all of that. And that you were doing every, like you were, you were freaking, like lighting sage and trying to heal yourself with hyperbaric oxygen and help other people out, you know? Like it might've been a mistake, but talking about the perfection again, like you weren't trying to do anything you don't have any bad intention there at all. And I'll let you finish. But I was just holding back. I'm like, I can't, I still, I can't believe. I didn't know that part. Yeah, kind of embarrassed about it. That's why I didn't tell you when we spoke that it was my fault. Um, yeah, even before then, like that day, there was somebody else who needed the hyperbaric chamber. So the idea is that it would be at my space. Somebody else financed the chamber and we would, it would help me heal and we were gonna help other people he heal and they could donate to my healing they didn't have money they could just come in for free so this woman came in and she received healing and I was in extreme pain but it just felt right to be with her that day um, and then afterwards somebody else came in like I said my friend with the dog and so um, yeah it's not an excuse but it was just uh, yeah I was trying to just hold space for other people and prepare the chamber for somebody else so it would be nice um but yeah not to make excuses but for an apartment fire to happen with an oxygen tank in the apartment the way it did was like the most perfect way possible no one was hurt no other apartments were affected um it was just a very interesting thing how it happened so it's just another example of what's been going on the past 11 months of these challenges but also miracles um but yeah after the apartment fire happened the apartment complex gave me and my housemate at the time he was my housemate um a temporary apartment till the end of the month until the end of august but i couldn't find another home until the end of or at the beginning of september so i was pretty much homeless living in airbnbs while doing intravenous vitamin C for the infection while trying to find a home. So at times it was kind of comical, like you just said, like, this is a very unbelievable experience. And what I've wanted to do the past 11 months, but there's been so much pain. Like there's even pain now talking, but it's important. And I, I want to continue, but there's been so much pain looking at a screen and typing with the pre-seizure auras that I haven't even been able to document things only starting, I think a few weeks ago, I've been documenting uh, what's been happening in my life, but um, that's something I really wanna do because I feel like, mm, well, two things. I feel like that can be helpful for people. I think we each have a beautiful story to share with people. And then also, I, I really believe that, like, I feel like I'm gonna heal and I'm gonna create a beautiful life and, um, I don't know, I just have a strong sense of that. So, yeah. So I don't know what your question was, but. It was about, yeah, kind of intuitively, like where do you think this might land you? And um, yeah, so I think that does answer part of it that you feel like it's a journey to healing potentially. You also mentioned like the fact that it might be the thing that you, you know, you die of too, like you might hold both like that possibilities simultaneously oh right yeah i feel like it's training it's kind of like purification for the old energies and 
training for the beautiful life that I'm moving into and facing death every day in, in a very real way. It's also, I, I'm always tell myself, like, I believe that fear and stress and being negative and let alone harming other people, it like it feeds dark energies in the universe. And I've committed to not doing that no matter what. So even if I die tonight, I'm going to make that uh, as beautiful as I can. And um, in the beginning, it was very hard because I felt like, oh, I'm useless. I'm not helping anyone. What am I doing with my life? I'm just in pain all day. I'm kind of like a loser. That's how it felt right after I was diagnosed. But I really feel like uh, I'm, I feel like I can, and we can add positive energy to the planet. Even our conversation now, if no one sees it, I feel like it's adding positive energy to the collective. And so that's, that's what I've experienced these past several months. And th there's been a lot of alone time, you could say. So mm, I'm uh, sure like even in your interactions with others, with these nurses that you might not know, or somebody who just comes in for a moment, I think, you know, I've heard people say in their people who have claimed to have near-death experiences and have a life review where they see their life flash before their eyes and um, realize some of the, th without judgment either, without like, oh, you um, did something bad and like, this is how it made this person feel. But it, it, it's like without any judgment of like, you did something bad, it's like you didn't know what you were doing and you might've caused pain to this person. And then this other moment you caused, um, you, you inform somebody's life journey in such a positive way, but like that could be from um, like a smile or like a response or just like a loving energy or a presence. And so I like to wonder about the mystery of that with you being where you are and not being able to go really anywhere or share anything. Like you said, even like do all these things that you wanted to do or you thought was like your purpose. I, I wonder if in all these small little actions, they're not small that you are um informing the people around you in positive ways yeah that's that's true because i doubt that you're a typical patient that they're like running into i mean i used to work in the hospital and there, you, you meet a whole range of people and some people feel justified to be total dicks because they of what they're going through <laughs> and, <laughs> and cause more trauma and pain and problems in the world. Again, maybe not like knowingly consciously, but like they might feel justified in doing that. And you are probably not their, their typical, you know, patient that they're running across. And yes. I wrote down a question that Oprah asked some of her guests. What do you think happens when we die? <laughs> well, I think different things happen. I think we go back where we came from. Oh, you're paused now. I can't hear you. Maybe we're not meant to know. I think your internet just went out. So, are you still there? You were just paused for pretty much since the moment I asked the question. Oh, you were paused too. Um, okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're, I don't see your video moving, but I can hear your audio now. Oh, I see. I have to sign in. To this. I think it'll work in a few seconds. Okay. Interesting timing that it would pause though. How is it now? Now you're moving again. I'm moving. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I feel like just from my limited experience that there are angels or energy beings to guide us to the, the next stage, whatever that is. And I also feel like, I think, I think, uh, Pat Rodegast, she used to channel Emmanuel and she used to work with Ramdas and they would travel together and she would channel Emmanuel and Ramdas would give his teachings. And Emmanuel said that 
something to the effect that we're not, we, everyone, no one will die a moment earlier, a moment late than they're supposed to. So that's helped me kind of be more I present. You know, and like release the guilt and all this stuff and feel like I have to, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, f I feel, um, Like also in my situation, in the beginning, before the first surgery, I honestly, I didn't want to come back and I was very upset with the universe that I was like, wait, why am I back here? I do not want to be back here. This is not good. So wow. each, each head surgery since then, I've just made presence the practice, to be honest. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> After the last surgery two weeks ago, um, after anesthesia kicked in, it was like I was awake for a few moments after that and I saw angels all around me as if each of the, the nurses and the doctor was an angel and we were communicating with each other and I told them, I said, am I out yet? Am I out yet? And they said, oh, it's okay, it's gonna be okay. So that was a very interesting experience. Kind of, I don't know, helped show me that we're never alone. I know it's kind of cliche, but I, I really believe that, that we're never alone. We each have angels and support from the universe, even if no other humans are there. Um, so that's, I guess that helps me deal with the pain. Sometimes there's so much pain at night, even if I take the pain medication. So I'll just ask my angels to like cuddle with me. <laughs> so, mm. Does um, it work? <laughs> would you say? Does it work? Uh, yeah, it works. Yeah. I have yeah, more. It's, it's like a, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Like, every day, I'm, it's like a very interesting balance of taking responsibility and being, um, like, being responsible and creating my own reality and then also feeling like I need the most support that a person could need almost I guess besides I'm sure that I know there are worse situations but it's like a balance of extreme strength and all that and then also being open to receiving love and support and so that's something I've kind of had to learn recently. I like that you mentioned the receiving piece because I think that it's somewhere where there's a big gap in our kind of like Western culture about the um, the honor and receiving from another person and then we tend to discount it and we think like if we're doing if we're giving in some way like that means something but we tend to forget about the I call it like I, I believe it's more like the feminine side of being able to just simply be with a person like if I were by your side right now there's probably nothing I could do to you know take your pain away or really make anything better but I believe in the power of just like simply sitting with a person and I felt the power of that when I was not in the hospital bed myself and believed more in the power of that once I was there and I think you know like you're saying you're being forced to be present and be and I just think there's more to that than we on we, we tend to give any credit for unfortunately and it, it kind of goes with the other ways we discount the feminine sides of life yeah well it's definitely given me more compassion for myself and for other people who are experiencing pain and suffering and um i've done different forms of teaching like yoga and other things and i've given massage and coaching and healing and um but i'm, I'm praying that i'll be able to heal because now i'll have more um compassion and more experience to help other people. Um, even just the simple act of being touched, I haven't been touched much this past year. Um, not complaining, but it's just, uh, that's how it's been. And um, yeah, like it's, it's been a good learning experience for what, mm, what people really need. Like, I feel like we need love and connection. And I felt like that since the beginning, 11 months ago, that besides the medications or even holistic approaches, the, the thing that I needed most was love and nature and community. 
and uh, I haven't had that a lot, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being honest about that. And I want to challenge you again that like there's there's nothing more that you like need to do to be contributing. I just I want to bring that up again. I really feel like you already are. And there's nothing you need to kind of turn to to be able to offer more. But um, yeah, I want to leave space for that as well, too. And I like that you bring up, you know, the idea of touch and that that's something that's worried me most about this whole time with the coronavirus is that like we, you know, many people brought this up, but it's like, what about people who are dying or people who are, you know, ill that can't have any visitors and are void of that touch or that just the fact even for people who are up walking and talking and aren't in hospitals that that's um, that we've been separated in this way. And I feel like it's going to have that part is probably going to have greater. I don't want to bring up anything like really political about it, but like that might have worse implications than a virus might. I worry about the effects long term if we continue to practice that isolation. Yeah. I haven't gotten, it's kind of funny because the states where brain cancer and head infection and seizures and radiation and chemo, I haven't had one sniffle or cough. Well, I guess I coughed minutes ago from something I drank but no fever no sneeze no fever nothing I've been in hospitals with people with supposed COVID um, so it's just very interesting in a sense I feel very healthy it's like all of the everything the stress the fears all the stuff from childhood it's all went to that tumor but otherwise I feel very healthy and so. it's amazing too that you're able to like hold a conversation and remember things and completely seem to be intact in your memory despite having a plum size from what i read brain tumor yeah <laughs> despite that and it's taking up that much room like yeah inside well i know you had most of it removed but still um kind of incredible i think we could probably if i ask you more questions it's probably going to take a while how are you feeling energy-wise? Yeah. Okay? Do you want to continue or do a part two? Or both? Mm -hmm. Either way is fine. I mean, there's lots of pain, but it feels important to have this conversation with you. Is there something that anything that you've gained through what you've been through that you want others to know that you haven't already said? That's a good question. I also had the question of what are the most important things in life to you? Um, I can just throw those both out there. Do you want to do anything with them? Well, yeah. I feel this energy. I call it my unique vibration. It's like an energy I've felt since I was a child. And it's manifested in different forms when I've felt in alignment, like through art and music and dance and other energies. Um, but because of unresolved trauma from childhood, I would always mm, like escape that energy and be self-critical and um, in a sense hurt myself. But over the years, that became more and more um, integrated. And now I feel that energy all the time. It feels like a vibration. Um, it's hard to describe, but it's um, similar to plant medicine feeling but without the plant medicine. So for me, that's the most important thing, following that energy. Um, wow. I so, love that. Yeah, it's kind of hard to describe. It's not quite like an archangel thing, but it's, it's meaningful for me. And I feel like it's helped, it's been guiding me. So the challenge for many years has been like almost getting frustrated with myself for not manifesting that love and that energy more. So this past year, I've kind of been forced to just mm, let go of that and just trust that it'll, it'll happen. Um, I've been wondering something lately that I think sort of relates to what you're bringing up here. I mean, first of all, I think what you said is just completely profound to be feeling that energy and to, you know, 
maybe we're all having that challenge of trying to be ourselves and all the stuff in this world that gets in our way. Um, and I wonder if in the end or in the now, if it matters just as much, you know, we think about like being kind to, to others and bringing that presence to others, but like, what if it's just as important for us to have that for ourselves, even as we're going through noticing that we might not be able in the moment to be fully ourselves or, you know, get over the trauma of our past and all of that. Like, what if it's just as important to have that compassion for ourselves? And I think it might be the hardest one to remember. We can like maybe skip ourselves and say, oh, I should be somewhere else. I should be doing better than I am. And that might have a purpose too, to kind of keep us going. But at the same time, I think just, yeah, cr creating more of that space for compassion for ourselves and in our journey. Yeah, that's a good point. Somebody told me a few weeks ago, like, something like to stop running away from the pain. So he suggested something like parts work where you can communicate with different parts of yourself. And so I did a lot of writing, like writing out the different parts and even renaming the pain into, I think I called it Saint Presence. So instead of calling it pain, I would just call it Saint Presence and like have a conversation. So um, yeah, thanks for kind of reminding me about that because um, yeah, it's like um, for me, all of these different experiences has um, it's like a different being. Oh, and this person suggested that I try to unite all of those different voices so that they're all working together, even the pain and the dreams in my heart and all the, the fears, try to unite all of them. Um, so that's it's kind of like the inner work. Some people call it shadow work, I think. So that's what I've been trying to do. And I figure if I could do it in these extreme situations, then I'm trusting that that positive energy will still be there after the body heals. So that's what I've been trying to trying to do. And even as you like share that experience with others, you know, because we can have like a lot of excuses as to like um, why we might, I guess you could say, stay stuck. Again, like I don't want to shame anybody or like myself, but um, when we can compare to the extreme of situations that you're in, um, I think that that's a profound tool for transformation. Like whenever I can remind myself that like somebody's going through something that's difficult and has excuses to give up than I do, but they're not. Whatever give up means. Um, yeah. Kind of. So what do you think more. are the most important things in life? Oh, go ahead. I just want to answer more quickly about your question. Like, yeah, sometimes I have to just forget about everyone else and everything else and just be present with like the pain and the challenges and tell myself that that's okay. Cause I guess there's still some of the old program of like, um, yeah, just wanting to help more, create more, offer more. Um, so yeah, I'm just working on that. Um, so what was your mm -hmm. question? What are, what are the important things in life? Yeah, maybe that's changed recently for you or maybe it hasn't, but mm. yeah. You mean for me or just like in general for people? Mm. people. Thinking like for you, but hoping it, yeah, just anything that comes to mind for you. And it doesn't have to be something like profound or like, you know, like well thought out or anything, but just, I mean, I'm considering everything that you're going through and contemplating death and suffering and um, being in the midst of pain, like, what do you think really matters most? Yeah. Well, I think having some sort of relationship with death is a really healthy thing. Like we can each find our own way to do that, but it's been very, um, I guess like liberating for me to kind of be forced to face death 
and, and use that energy to let go of other things that I might not need. So I think that's important. Um, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, no, I think that that's um, really important too. I mean, you're a reminder. I mean, I don't even know like how old you are, but you're not old and you're going through this. Um, and it's so easy for us all to think that we're immune to all of these kinds of suffering in life and illness. And um, on some level, I think we just tend to put off death and act as if it's like never going to happen. But I think that actually impedes our life in certain ways. And so I think you can help us all to like use this as a practice that our health is guaranteed to last a certain amount of time. And we kind of know when we might through a challenge like the one you're going through. And you're somebody who I know has like seemingly like you, I mean, you say you refer to like doing certain things in your life that you feel are out of integrity or like not eating well at certain times in your life. But like, just for me, like being in community with you on Maui and seeing you around, I mean, you're like the epitome of like health and wellness and self growth. And um, I, I would also say like being yourself. And um, so yeah, again, like, I don't think we can fully make, make sense of any of these things. But I think, um, yeah, we can all like, use your story as um, inspiration for our own and using death in a as a teacher in a positive way yeah and, and I, I really feel like um other people go through similar things so kind of like the idea if somebody invents something in one part of the world then at the same exact time somebody independently will invent the same thing so mm -hmm. i, I kind of feel like it's the same thing if we have challenges or uh we're going through uh, growth in certain ways that we're not alone in that. Mm -hmm. So that's what I've, I've tried to remind myself of that, that I'm contributing to the collective um, consciousness in my own way and that we're, we're each kind of going through our own growth and challenges. Um, so I, I feel like that's a very real thing. Even like me and you, like our generation, we kind of talked about this, how we're clearing family lineage stuff. Um, so I, I think that's important for people to be able to see signs of what's happening in their life and how it relates to the, uh, the bigger picture. I think that's uh, uh, helpful to be able to do that. You're making me think of um, a friend who is telling me about this incredible dream she had where she was dying in the dream and she got this message that um it was something about how something i thought was really amazing like we think dying makes us less of ourselves but it or it takes away from who we are but it makes us more of who we are and she said well maybe i heard that you know in a quote at another time in my life or you know maybe i heard it from somebody else and i said well maybe if you looked up that quote you'd find it on the internet somewhere and somebody else said it but i think that you came to that conclusion it's like as you talk about like people you know having these experiments in different parts of the world and it happens all the time really and it's like maybe what we're coming to whether it's like through science or business or philosophy these different conclusions we come to or might be coming from the same source and that's why they pop up in different in areas and so i said like maybe that was coming from somewhere through something in your dream and when you mentioned suffering and like i think there's a lot of um unnecessary kind of judgment and pain again that comes from comparing our suffering to another person's and we say like oh well with you know what i'm going through with COVID is nothing compared to what ethan's going through but it's like well there's like still the source of pain that's similar and the same um but yeah that that could bring us down a whole other rabbit hole i want to know before i ask you if there's anything else you want to share um how can we support you Thanks. Well, I've had kind of a unique experience with the brain cancer and kind of not having the most ideal living environment with my mother and stepfather in New York. And I love them. They helped me immensely. And we have a good relationship, but it's just like I had to leave there 
kind of last minute and went to live with my dad in Charlotte thinking that would be better because we had a good relationship over the phone, but in person, it's just a lot of old stuff came up and I just came to the point where it wasn't a supportive environment for my cancer healing and the infection. So I ended up leaving my dad's place and went to a hotel, like I told you the other day, and could have had a seizure by myself while in extreme pain and a head infection. And through the shaman I've been studying with in Hawaii, one of his students and I, we became friends and she connected me with somebody in Asheville. So I ended up moving into to Asheville. So the reason I'm sharing that is because this whole year, I haven't really had community per se. I've been pretty much on my own or with my mom and stepfather or my dad and his wife or the person I was living with in Asheville. And he was able to do what he could, but it's kind of a big ask for somebody to take care of somebody else with cancer and they had their own life. So I guess, you know, it's not like to attract community. We just do what we love and meet people who are doing similar things or we offer our work to people, but I haven't been doing that. So it's, I haven't really attracted community. So as far as health, um, like a friend created this website called ethansangels.org. I haven't even been able to edit it because of the pre-seizure auras and the fact that I can't edit the website on my phone. So I don't know. It's like, I want community. And I have community in Hawaii, in the shamanic community, but they're in Hawaii. So I don't know. You could maybe um, use more physical, like, are you, are you able to have visitors where you are with the whole coronavirus thing? Uh, yeah, just one per day. Yeah. Do you want on, that? I, I, I Do you want I people had... to visit you in the hospital? I wish I had another one of me that was healthy. Um, yeah, I mean, visitors, I'm okay, like, with alone time. I guess some things that would help is somebody who's able to help um, update the Wix website, because it's very hard for me to yeah. look at a computer. Um, and right now I have the phone right now, which is can't even edit the website. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I know that's not a very clear answer. No, I think that it, it is. There might be somebody that is very skilled in, um, that has a computer and has some, or maybe if they're even not incredibly skilled in it, maybe. Maybe it's easy enough if somebody has like a full working computer and some time and wants to help, that's you can um, assist you. Also, I think so, a really good example. Yeah. And, Sometimes I wonder because I've been so positive and so strong and like don't complain at all that I don't know, it would help to have more money coming in from the GoFundMe. So I'm, I'm just trying to think of how to go about doing that because when I traveled the world for a few years, kind of let go of a lot of old friendships and relationships. And if I had thousands of Facebook friends, things would probably be a lot different. So I'm just trying to trust that everything's happening perfectly. Um, That's a great example of how somebody might help. I mean, I heard of somebody recently um, raising money for a person through saying, putting a limit even to what they could offer. They just said, you know, you don't have to give too much. Um, but if anybody could just give, you know, like $25 and cap it at that people for people to know that their money would be going towards something positive and that it would matter even if it's not a lot, even that. Right. Um, yeah, I guess, Sometimes I do get a little overwhelmed. I, I'm usually pretty centered and stay positive, but 
yeah, even as far as answering your question, sometimes that feels a little overwhelming. Like, like I guess sometimes I feel like hmm, I've had to endure so much that I'm just going to stay in enduring mode. But to have a supportive community would would feel really good. It's like how to go about that from this position. It's, uh, it's been challenging. I think it's okay to not really know how to ask for that. I, I love that you put out the idea of community because I think in reality, people actually really love to give and that it, um, it helps them in certain ways. I think with the way our whole kind of society and culture like tends to be constructed, it's, it's hard for us to have like time and space to give, but I have heard of people doing it in ways that are more so out of the box, like coming up with caregiver pods, like say you were living in an apartment in Asheville, like people could donate their time, maybe a couple hours a day. So it's not one burden to one person to be able to have some kind of platform for like then um, I'm trying to think of what the website is. I think it also has the word angel in it, but um, where you can post like if you like need food, money, caregiving time and and have people kind of like, you know, be able to show up for practical amounts of time. If that's something that you might need in the future, but yeah, it might be overwhelming to go into all that right now because it goes into like changing the world and our structures and our way we do things. But I think it's And people might even have ideas themselves. Others might. Yeah. See, there's the shaman I've been studying with. He says he has a lot of friends in Utah. Um, like some sort of community there but I have to heal up to a certain level first where I'm at and then another challenge has been when I even when I was in Asheville recently a lot of people would say well who is this person like why isn't his family helping how did he get in this position why like why aren't more people helping so in a sense it's almost like too unbelievable that kind of like you said that all of this is happening to one person um, but I haven't even been able to type or make videos of this whole experience because there's been so much pain. It's like the longest I've been able to talk for in a really long time. I'm like, gonna have to sleep, try to sleep after this. Oh yeah. So yeah. It's Bless just. Um, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. What I just shared. Um. I was, I was going to say that like, that's part of what I, I really like, like, I think what you said is so important because like, you're a person who lives your life in um, I guess a way that's similar to me, that, but different than maybe like the majority where, um, you know, you've traveled and like, you've lived many different places and you've followed your intuition and you've trusted in certain ways and you haven't had a whole like laid out plan or, you know, gotten married or had kids and said that I want to make sure like somebody's there to take care of me. Like I can totally relate to that. And I think that's why it hit me so much. It's like, well, what about for people like us? I mean, I think it's hard for anybody. Like there's this big question with older adults. It's like with time and when we need help, like, what do, what do we do? Because even these days, like nobody wants to live with anybody else. You know, people are living their own lives. They don't really want to care for somebody else or be taken care of by somebody else. Um, so I think it brings up a lot of really important questions about how do we then care for each other? Because I notice at the same time that there is this void in us because we do want to care for others. And there are others who live similarly, or even if they don't, you know, maybe if they're on a completely different journey, but they have time to give um, I think it's something we're capable of and it's just being really human about us that that feels good when we can um yeah. we can give in yeah. some way yeah when i was uh in the temporary apartment after the apartment fire um the person who i was living with he had a friend and he was going through a lot of challenges and he needed a place to stay that night and i think he was living in his car and it turned into i think like two weeks he was there until the end of August. Um, I don't want to say names, but basically he was just having a lot of challenges with drinking alcohol and smoking too much pot. So I was in pretty extreme pain while he was going through these things. It was not physically violent. Otherwise I would have asked him, told him to leave, but 
for me personally, like, I feel like what you just shared is like, we're here to help each other. And so still being present with him. And I just, that, that, that's something I'd love to see in the world where we can show more love and kindness to each other, uh, regardless of the uh, differences. I don't know why I shared that, mm, but. Right, you're um, talking about being, yeah. Like you're talking about like continuing to kind of like give like love and presence anyway, when you're maybe on the receiving end of like needing more help. And it also brings up the idea of like, not everybody might be, you know, capable of giving like that, like that person. Um, yeah. yeah. But also like maybe hitchhiking is gonna come back in this country. <laughs> you know, so we might be forced to show more love and help each other, but hopefully we could do it sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. I know I think like certain things that were normal in Hawaii like hitchhiking and um, I'm trying to think of other examples of like just more open communication um, especially when I was living in a community on Big Island like we talk about things that are normally swept under the rug and cause bigger issues in the end and I just thought like there's so many examples or just dancing or just um, yeah being more like loving or giving people hugs randomly like all this stuff that sounds very you know woo woo hippie like but it's just like well why not like we have this life like these are some really good examples of ways that we can live and I think it's not just like oh we want to you know take from others and it's just going to suck them dry and make them not feel good it's like no it, feel, it, it does I think feel really good when we can and it might be the very answer to a lot of the issues we're having now with the separateness that we're experiencing and this loneliness that we do need to provide for others more because it does give give to us in certain ways not that many of us like have the, again, with the way things are. I'm not saying it's an easy thing, but I, I, I just believe we're capable of living in a new way. And maybe that's part of where we're going with all of this. But I will let you talking for like an hour and 10 minutes and you know, yeah. it's like a lot of energy. Yeah, I really appreciate your time and for you sharing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it hurts so much. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, so anything else before you go? I think you should just go to bed and not say anything else <laughs> if you feel compelled. No, what is, do you have, I don't even know if we discussed this, but is this for some sort of project you're working on? No. Um, when we first discussed it, you said, well, you know, I want to update my website. Maybe you could interview me and you could post like, and you know, you could type it out and share with others. And I was thinking from what I know now, people like to see videos. It's easier to take in and um, we could just post this somewhere if we wanted to, you know, like on Facebook or. Right. Um, oh yeah. Because I wanted to have, yeah. it's one thing for me to share what's happening, but it might be helpful to have like an outside perspective and questions that other people might have. Yeah, so thank you. Yeah, it might be helpful if you think of any yeah, other and questions. Yeah, we post people have questions or comments. Or... To do yeah. this again, I would, I'd love it. I really appreciated your time and I'm so glad we're in again. All right, you rest well. Okay, thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye.